Hey, welcome to the Amber Shows. Oh, we're almost at the end of 2020. Can you believe it? Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. When's the last time you spent the New Year's Eve by yourself or in quarantine or the mask on or can't go out anywhere? No ball is dropping in New York. You know, we have the ball drop in New York. People come from all over the world to see the ball drop. I went one time. I had a family from out of town, from Tennessee, actually. Uh, Lynn. My sweet Lynn from Tennessee. Her and her girlfriend and best friend still, Stacy, uh, came. That was in like maybe 2005, 2004, five, something like that. I took them to go see the ball drop. It was freezing. <coughs> I had on mink, mink coat and everything. I was still freezing. You know, when the mink freezes, it's cold. Um, so it was a crazy year. We still haven't finished it yet. So you don't want to speak too soon. Way this year is gone, anything can happen. So um, let's faithfully just uh, try and make it. Hope we make it, you know. It was a really crazy, crazy year. And I'm just, you know, I even got coronavirus. And, uh, you know, that was crazy. And um, I survived it. You know, it's so scary. And I've said this before. That I'm so blessed and thankful that I survived. People are dying every day, all day. Um, so, we were trying to, you know, the stimulus check thing. Everybody was just, you know, waiting. I guess, you know, at this point, anything is, almost anything is better than nothing. I mean, 600, that's what everybody's getting. Well, couples get 1,200. Um... Seniors are getting the 600. Uh, anybody that paid their taxes over 18 years of all, over 18 years of age, they're gonna get um, 600. Uh, if you have children under 18 who are dependents of yours, you get uh, 600. If you're single, you'll get 600, and then you'll get the 600 for them. Uh, for your kids, however many you have. I think it's up to three. I'm not sure. Um, but it's just so, it's such a disrespectful amount of money. And the Democrats had gave in to the 600. Uh, and then uh, number 45 uh, said, you know, he would give 2,000. So that stopped everything. And But the Republicans including uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, didn't want to give up the $2,000 for people. And that is so sad when these 
men, these Republicans, the, the 12 left who would not um, vote for the 2000. 39 of them did. I think you had to have like um, 39, 49. You had to have like uh, 52, I believe, or something like that, votes from the Senate uh, that are Republicans in order for you to get to 2000. So since um, the last three days, they've been, well, over the weekend, they were, they, they, they uh, you know, were, they had it in where uh, the, those, the Republicans would, can make a decision. And then uh, today the decision was the billionaire Republicans, those 12, including Mitch McConnell, uh, didn't think that um, nobody should get $2,000. And this, the last money we got was the 1200 uh, in, what was that, March, April or something? And here we are. And what do they think people can do? I mean, if you get the 600, most Americans who are paying high rents and have children and mobs to feed and were laid off work, the 600 will probably not do anything. You know, you might have to just make a sacrifice, like, do I pay the light bill or do I feed the kids? Do I put this toward the rent or do I try and get some coats and hats and things for the kids or try and get some food for yourself or or diapers or whatever you might need? It's really, 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 really a tragic situation. Um, McConnell, uh, he's the devil. He's the devil from hell, for real. Um, he just rejects the idea of an increase, um, and it's really a sad thing. Uh, Mitch McConnell, he attacked the House passed bill increasing stimulus checks to 2000 this afternoon, um, likely dooming the prospects of boosting direct payments as the 116th Congress uh, is coming to an end. So the Kentucky Republican said the House's proposal is too generous for higher earners and does not align with what President Donald Trump had suggested, which has no realistic path to quickly pass the Senate. McConnell said he will not split up a bill combining the checks with an election fraud commission and a rollback of legal protections for big tech, which he introduced on Tuesday. So the Senate claims they're going to consider only smart, targeted aid, not another fire hose of borrowed money that encompasses other people who are doing just fine, McConnell said. That's a quote from him. The Senate is not going to split apart the three issues that President Trump linked together just because Democrats are afraid to address two of them. What happens is Democrats, they've rejected the election fraud. Um... And the commission and revoking the Section 230 liability protection for tech companies, and so they're like, they're so so the Republicans and McConnell and them are like uh, punishing us all because of that. So after McConnell uh, his remarks, uh, the Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer he asked to bring up the House passed bills that boost the checks to 2,000. McConnell just out and out rejected it. 
I, I feel like it's a really sad day in America, and I feel like other countries are laughing at us. Uh, most European countries are giving up to two to three thousand dollars a month to household, to household while the um, pandemic is is happening. The pandemic has ruined everything. I mean, um, the business I'm in, I'm not working right now. Um, and so many other people, you just have most of your essentials and they're going out there every single day and they're risking their damn lives. And hardly any of them make over um, eighty up over ninety nine thousand dollars a year. So they won't they 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 will they will get the six hundred dollars, the six hundred measly, measly dollars. And then, like I said, you know, there are families who are running to the bank with that 600 it will help them but how long is it going to help and look they broke it down like from the 1200 that we had gotten in the, the months 8 months ago and from the 600 added on they like broke it down like in all that time that means you got like $2 and something cents a week or something you know something crazy like that It's a sad day in America. We not only have this pandemic, so many people are dying. In California, they said you can't even have a heart attack, a stroke, um, uh, the flu, um, any kind of attack, um, cancer, anything, and try and get in their hospitals because the hospitals are filled with coronavirus patients that, that are on ventilators and things. And look, the coronavirus, this is what that means. The coronavirus is actually killing people who aren't even dying from coronavirus. But because of the coronavirus, they can't get no, they can't get a hospital bed. I had one of my good friends today. You know, he likes to travel and he's single. So he likes to travel and have a lot of women and be around a lot of people and gamble in casinos and all kind of stuff. And he asked me, text me, and he asked me, do I think it would be all right if he went to Miami or Las Vegas this weekend for New Year's? Now, we've known each other since we were... uh, uh, new adults, I'm saying like 19, 20, 21. We actually lived uh, in the same building in, in uh, Southfield Towers in, in Detroit. That was my first built, my first apartment after uh, getting out of uh, college. I went, I got that apartment. But anyway, he asked me this stupid question. He know I had coronavirus. He knows my family, some of my family members had coronavirus. They survived. All uh, praise is due to God, Allah, all praise is due. But uh, he, he's well aware of people dying of coronavirus, many of them. Uh, he lives in Michigan, so he definitely knows. Uh, he's not a stupid person, but he asked a stupid question. To all people, me. I couldn't believe it. 
I told him that, you know, you do what you have to do with you. You feel like this is the year that you just have to be around, um, you know, women that are, uh, you know, looking for guys to party with out in Vegas. And believe me, you're not the only one they're partying with or they're around or that they're going to be around you. And those people are around people and you're going to get on a plane and you might not have a straight flight. So you got to get on other planes and the people that's on the planes might have got off another plane to get on the plane that you're now on. And, and, and you don't know who they're around and who their people are and how many people they've been around. And if they're wearing masks and it goes on and on and on, you get off the plane and then you get in the cab and you don't know if the cab driver has anything they take you to the hotel you have to check in there's people all in the lobbies of the hotel are you crazy you have to be out of your mind but if that's what you want to do then do it you you know i had coronavirus and he had the most concern for me you know he's not one of those uh, kind of men that he's just a good friend he's not one of those kind of men who um you know, like wor- worries or takes things real serious, as you can tell. Uh, but when I when I told him I had coronavirus, he really was upset. He was really upset. And every day he checked on me. I had to give him that. That's why I had to give him honest advice. That's crazy. But if that's what you want to do, you know, everybody grown. Everybody got to live their life the way they want to live their life. Nobody's saying that you're going to die. You might not die. you, But you will get coronavirus. I told him that. I said, you can do all that stuff you want to do in Las Vegas or Miami and beaches or whatever you want to do. Because all those same people that are up at those vac- at those hotels and at the- in those planes and in on those beaches, they they doing the same thing you're doing. They're living precariously and they're living where they don't care about the virus. So it's gonna catch you. You're gonna bring something back. You're gonna bring something back, buddy. So I don't know if he's gonna actually follow my advice, but. Um, Prayfully, he will. Um, Tamar Rice. Does everybody know about Tamar Rice? All right. I'm not sure if you do or you don't. Uh, Let me school you because I do have some listeners from other countries. Not many, but I saw in my analytics that I do have Um, some listeners that are from other countries. So, you have Tamar, Tamir, I believe is how you actually pronounce it. Tamir Rice, who's an 11-year-old child who was uh, sitting on a park bench and he was holding um, a play gun someone saw him called the police and said there was a person, a young man on a park bench with a gun the police roll up and within seconds Tamir was dead the over-anxious police officer shot him up. Didn't even wait to find out what he was holding, who he was. Look at him long enough to see that he's a child. T- 
Today, the U.S. Justice Department announced it won't pursue charges against the two police officers that killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice. He was 12. He just turned 12. Tamir Rice was playing in a park, and it was just seconds later the police arrived, and then they shot him and killed him. Anybody listening to this, I don't care if you're black, white, from another country, from this country, if you're Chinese, Hispanic, Native American, young, old, you know if a white boy had been sitting on a park bench with a toy gun, whoever called the police, they would not have done it. That person was definitely not black. You can count on it. I'd, I'd, I'd give you my baby toe. <laughs> I don't want to mark myself. And you know a white kid would have never been killed, shot to death, sitting on a park bench with a play gun, it had never happened. It has never happened, and it never will happen in the history of whitedom. You can count on that. It would have never happened. It's no way the police would have just pulled up, saw that what they thought was a, I guess, older person, and he just turned 12, and shot him up, asking no questions, nothing. Put your hands up. Drop the gun. Uh, turn around anything. They hadn't even got out the car and they shot him up. They would have never did that to any white person, child in America or outside America if they white. Never. You could never, ever, ever, ever convince me otherwise. And you know I'm speaking true. People are committing suicide. So many people have committed suicide this this year um, due to depression um a divorce lawyer he reportedly he reportedly killed himself uh he, he tested positive and then his wife tested positive and then on christmas day uh for those of you who celebrate um he killed himself and his wife and, and the police they're looking for a motive you know because he's a well-connected uh connecticut divorce lawyer um and he allegedly shot his wife in, in her head, and then he shot himself. Uh, he had reportedly tested positive for COVID-19 prior to her death. <clears throat> Authorities were told, according to the um, Hartz, Hartford uh, Police Department, um, he was allegedly waiting for the results of his test. His wife had tested, and he figured that he had, you know, he definitely had it too. Um, both bodies were discovered at, at their house, lying. Uh, on the bed, um, apparently uh, uh, she had been shot while she was asleep, and he had reportedly been at uh, her mom's house to care for, um, um, someone had been at their house to care for their dogs, I believe, oh, while she was hospitalized, yeah, they had gotten somebody, so the couple were discovered by by um, the lady's brother, who came over around 6 p.m. on Christmas Day following a call from John asking him to come and pick up the dogs. And police retrieved a firearm also at the scene. Um, 
that's just one of the many suicides um, that I've read. And you know, um, Ben, uh, what's his name? Benny, Bernie, Bernie Saunders. Uh, he tried to do a filibuster with the Senate, and I guess he couldn't stand up. They need, they, if you want to do a filibuster, honey, you need Hillary Clinton. She stood up there for 12 hours. I don't even think she peed. I think she might have peed once. But um, Bernie Sanders spoke yesterday to the Senate about this uh, $600 incre- increasing to 1200 I mean, to 2000 And um, he brought up to the Senate, not only are people, you know, broke and getting sick uh, this year uh, and need more money and being evicted from their homes and apartments and things. But the rise in robberies as far as crimes has increased tremendously because people are hungry and need... Black people really uh, with robberies and things like that, they usually... um, commit crime for need. White people commit crime for greed. Because the thing is, if you have, if you're white, you have an opportunity all day long to to better yourself. You have an opportunity all day long. There's no reason for you to be poor. If you're poor, it's just because you had no drive whatsoever. Because you can get into the school, you can get a job, you can get a loan from a bank, you can get a credit card. So many things that you can get, you know, white privilege. That's what I'm talking about, white privilege. There's no reason for you to be white and poor. There's there's simply no reason. The, The two don't even go together. Even your poor is is more than black poor. But the thing with black people, we just try and make a way. We we make brown and black people make a way. They take lemon a lemon and really truly make it to lemonade. You know? They really do. I mean we were fed chitlins, the pig's guts. The the massa gave pig's guts to the slaves and we cleaned them shits and soaked them for two or three days that's how my grandmother used to do my, mother, my grandmother used to soak chillings and clean them for three days and it would be smelling in their house because they're, they're, they're guts and they're filled with doodle their intestines and what did we do clean them shits make some coleslaw put some hot sauce on them chitlins and have a meal. And we thought the chitlins was good. Chitlins, hog, maws. Now, unless you have a, you still have a slave mentality, you, you, you should not be eating that. You should know better. You know, when you, when you know better, you do better. Um. So it's just sad of what's happening with this world and this country. Uh, some people are using 
the no mask as a reason, a health reason. If you have a health reason like that, then you should stay home and get somebody to do your grocery for you or order online or do something. You shouldn't be outside trying to infect other people because you say you have a health issue so you can't cover up your nose and mouth. And the mask goes over your nose and mouth, people, not just over your mouth and you have your nose out. The coronavirus goes through every orifice that's open. It can go through your eyes. It can go through your ears. It can go through your mouth. It can go through your nose. It's a respiratory virus. That's why it goes through there. And then the first thing it's going to run into is your lungs on the way down. And that's what it attacks. And you're just, everybody's killing each other instead of just everybody trying to get on the same page. You know, I had read a thing yesterday that was real funny. It said if... um, if the coronavirus condition was, um, if you don't wear a mask, I mean, if you wear a mask, a man's dick will grow or a woman will stay youthful. Everybody wear their damn mask. It wouldn't be no more coronavirus. It would be the end of that. That's what they need to be telling people. <laughs> they should tell people that uh, on, the, on the commercials, on the ads for wearing a mask. Men, the mask will make your dick grow. Women, you'll be youthful and beautiful and slim and trim, cute in the face and little in the waist. Just wear that mask. That's what it would be. People would be running around wearing the damn mask. Um, Bill Cosby, he thanked Jesse Jackson for calling for his release from prison due to the COVID-19 threat. Uh, So he's expressing gratitude to Reverend Jesse Jackson, who called for Cosby's release from prison amid the coronavirus pandemic in a new interview. Uh, He spoke to the Philadelphia Tribune in in an article that was published Tuesday. Jackson asked for the state of Pennsylvania to re-examine the risk that Cosby faces while in state prison as COVID-19 continues to spread. He is 84 and he's blind. You know, uh, who's he going to hurt? He should be home and free away from all of those germs, Jackson said, adding that the government needs to do something and that he thought Cosby shouldn't still be in prison. Cosby was convicted, you guys remember, in April 2018 on three counts of aggravated sexual assault of his former friend, Andrea Konstad, in 2004, and he's serving a three to ten year sentence in the Pennsylvania State Prison. I think he'll be coming home soon. Let me tell you what was real funny. Um, on TikTok, guess who has a TikTok? OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson's TikTok is too funny. He had the nerve to do a TikTok and talk about. Um, he 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 went past somebody. How did it go? OJ said he saw some people like harassing a homeless person and he thought it was really wrong Uh, in other words I can't remember how the exact story went and I just thought that was kind of funny because you know circumstances even though I believe he's innocent it wasn't that funny I worked at Columbia University right and my sister Drea she was in town in New York she had come to visit and we were all on 116th Street in New York. And back then on 116th Street, it was all vendors. And most of the vendors were African and things like that. And you could get really good mater- African material. And they sold um, 
bootleg purses and you know uh bootleg designer purses and they used to sell um you know movies bootleg movies all kind of stuff so the day that um OJ was found innocent I was on my lunch break and I was with my sister and, and uh everybody horn started now we're in Harlem so this is a black and brown community before gentrification which is now and now you see a bunch of uh, other colors white people are have you know are trying to take over um so Oh, buses were blowing their horn as they go down the street. Taxi cab drivers were blowing their horn. This was all because we were rejoicing because we had never seen a black man get off killing a white woman. We had never heard of a dream team. And it was just remarkable. People were jumping up and down. Even the Africans in the, in the, um, all coming out of their, their, um, abodes where they were selling things. Uh, were jumping up and down. Um, black people and brown people were on the street hugging strangers. People were crying. Um, it was a day of rejoice. And when I went back to work, all the white people at my job was mad as hell. And all the black people were grinning and hugging and giving each other high fives. It actually separated um, the people, you know, we act like um, white folks don't like, like they just all of a sudden stop didn't like black people. White people just all of a sudden. It's always been racism, and we actually become so used to the racism that we make jokes about it, and we live our life in a way that is conducive to the racism. For instance. Me living in Harlem, um, brown and black community before the white folks again, uh, and their gentrification in the last um, uh, five, six, seven years. But we don't have the best, freshest food in our community. We didn't. I I guess it's gotten better. I really don't know because I, I still don't shop in my community, which is bad. Now, look, I go to another market that's like um, let's see 14 blocks 15 blocks from where I live where the white folks live they've been living uh, that that way going downtown of the, they just came up to my actual community which starts at 110th street going up but usually, but 125th and on up, uh, all the way to through Washington Heights is now all regentrified from West Side to East Side. But I always have gone to the White Market, which is like 14 blocks from my home, always, because they got all the fresh food. Because that's where the white folks are, and it, it was just a way of living. You know, you don't stop and complain about it or go to your councilman or write about it uh, to the president or to your governor or to your mayor. You just do it. And it's, it's like it's like just like not even a thought. It's just how it is where I would 
I would make joke of it. Oh, I don't shop there. I I don't shop on 125th. I go down. T- I go down a little ways downtown, going downtown to um, the white folks store where the food is fresh, the tomatoes are fresh, the lettuce is fresh, all the vegetables are fresh, the the fish is fr- is fresh. And don't even buy the food the food in my community. And we just look at it as, you know, that's just the way of life. Like we look at it when you go into a store, into a department store or something, or a small boutique or something, and the salesperson follows you around. We're used to that. We make jokes about it, or we stop and we stop and look at the person who's following you, the clerk or salesperson, and you say, you know, what you following me for? You know? We have become immune to being treated like second-class citizens. We've become immune to it. You have all these Asians who are we're buying hair from, we're getting our nails and our toes done, and they could care less about us. But we, we've become immune to it. We don't even care. You know they'd be talking about us in their language when they're doing our nails and, to, and toes or hair, or you're buying the hair. It, we actually become used to being like um, treated unfairly but we just keep on living like that's we're still putting the hot sauce on the chitlins we make it the make it the best way we can you know it's really sad it's really sad I want to know and this is a real good question in my opinion what makes white people feel they're so superior to black and brown people. What do you have? Not not talking monetarily. I'm talking about what do you have that you think that we that makes you so scared of us? So you have to keep us down. Do you know that we're do you is do you know we're smarter because the more melon you have, the smarter you are. Melanin. Yeah. The stronger you are, the better you can see, hear, your strength, all of it. Melanin is the basis of your mental and physical capability of strength. So, is that it? They know the truth. They know we're the original tribe, the 12 tribes of Israel. Black people. But, you know, we just become immune to it and keep on going. We know if we go to the bank, we're going to get turned down nine times out of, t- uh, nine times out of ten for a business loan because they're going to want you to have some type of collateral. You know, the job you're going to get turned down if there's a white person sitting out there uh, with the same qualifications or even less qualifications as yourself. They probably will get the job. We know when we step on an elevator, um, black men know if a white woman is on there, they get uncomfortable. And all these things, you know, they became exasperated when number 45 became president. But why are y'all so scared of us? If you're so superior, you shouldn't be scared of us. 
besides for the fact you can't tan and we win in all any sport that you put us in we win they made tennis as as expensive as possible so that most of the majority of black and brown people would not be involved in it our, partic- our participants um, same they did with golf and what happened Tiger Woods and Serena Williams and Venus Williams came on the scene knocked them all out knocked them down in boxing we knocked them down I can name you know all the boxers knocked them down Football, basketball, everybody should have an equal right to whatever it is they want to do. If it's a job or a competition or a sport, everybody should be on equal basis. Everyone. But it's not like that. We have to have conversations with our kids about the police killing you. And white people don't have that conversation with their kids. They don't have no conversation with their kids before you go outside. Now remember, you have you have your ID on you, right? Um, try and walk with some be, be, or drive or be with someone else, which that doesn't really mean anything because you remember Sean Bell got shot up in the car um, from his coming out of his bat when he just came out of his bachelor party. The police shot him up with uh, guys in his car and killed him the night of his bachelor party. So, you know, even if you try and do the right thing. But we have to have that conversation anyway, for just in case. You know, there are, there are uh, children, black and brown children who have, um, they have different ment- mental problems. And they may not realize how to um, comply with the police officer if something were to jump off and they end up will get killed too as well. We have to have all these conversations um, with our children and now even with women and look at Breonna Taylor do you think a, if they had had a warrant I don't even know if they had a warrant for this house were they at the wrong house I know they were at the wrong house but do you think if they had on that piece of paper that that person, those people in that house was white. You think they would have shot up that a white girl in her sleep that was getting up out of her sleep like that? Never. It ain't happened and it ain't gonna never happen. Just like with Tamir Rice. I didn't mean to start ranting and raving about um, the injustices of this world. But you know, you have to. Um, a Michigan dad, uh, you know, it's not just white people killing us unjustifiably, but we do have where we uh, are in a position where a lot of times people of our own color uh, kill people of our own color. Um, a lot of people want to call it black on black crime, but that's no such thing. 
um, why don't you call it when China, you think everybody in China, there's no crime, there's no police officers, there's no police departments, there's no prisons. And ain't nothing there but Chinese people that live there, mostly, the majority. So, do they call that Chinese on Chinese crime? Or when all the mafia back in the day and the Italians was all killing each other, uh, you know, gunning people down, executing each other, cutting, putting uh, uh, horse heads in people's beds and killing them and all that. Was that called Italian on, on Italian crime? When the Irish came over here and they were down in the Bowery and they was robbing and running around and shooting and killing. Was that Irish on Irish crime? So I don't call it that. But you know what happens is when we say black on black crime and we criticize it is because we really expect more of each other than most races do. Black people come from a lot of integrity, the bloodline, you know, integrity, um, honesty, looking out for one another. And that's what we've lost. And so we get mad when we hear about, you know, other black people killing other black people. But it's, it's a whole new generation now. Um, kids do things that kids back in the day would never have done. You know, you'd never talk back or disrespect a parent or whatever. So what I was going to say is a Michigan dad, he was killed in a carjacking um, in his driveway. Uh, just, uh, I think it was day before yesterday, uh, and the police are searching for the killer. Uh, he's the father of two who was shot uh, in his driveway in Southfield, in Michigan. On Sunday night at about 8 o'clock, Frederick Hudson, who's 48 years old, was shot during a carjacking outside his family's Southfield home. His wife and their two children were inside when the shooting occurred. Uh, Hudson was transported to a nearby hospital where he died from his injuries. Now, as authorities continue to investigate Hudson's killing, his family is mourning his loss, which is a very sad thing. Um, and I just am presuming or assuming the carjackers may have been people of color uh, because of that area and the crime that is happening in uh, Detroit, Southfield, Farmington Hills, um, and all the surrounding uh close by areas um, of Detroit are usually um, black perpetrators. So that, that's why I said that. Um, there's a cholesterol drug in use since 1975 and they're kind of saying that it could prevent COVID-19 lung, lung damage. Um, that's in Jerusalem where that news came out of that um, searchers believe a well-established drug could prevent lung damage in COVID-19 patients potentially reducing the severity and mortality rate of the illness Uh, so a a study did uh, started by the Hebrew University of Jerusalem in July has since demonstrated that the coronavirus inhibits the effective breakdown of fat in lungs resulting in a buildup that can negatively 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 yeah (laughs) it just didn't sound right when it rolled off my tongue just then Uh, it can impact uh, patients initial data presented at the recent 
Spark Conference on Generic Drug Reposing for COVID-19 showed that 1,500 Israel-based coronavirus patients recovered quickly after taking a regimen of fibrates or drugs designed to lower trigelic erides, which are fats, in the blood. It showed that the human lungs, lungs respond to the SARS-CoV-2 virus by completely changing their metabolism, causing a major buildup of fat in lung and in their cells. So the findings show that this unhealthy fat buildup is a critical factor in COVID-19 patients' deterioration. Um, so that was just something that they're, they're talking about as well. Um, husband and wives are dying from coronavirus and one guy said that he, he went his parents had their brother who works at a I mean had their sister who works at a um, beauty salon right they had her come over and cut the mama's hair and it wasn't 10 days later that the mother and her father started getting symptoms of coronavirus and then they died. Crazy. Um, there was a body also found in a home where double murder uh, suspect, he barricaded himself um, and the cops had to go in there. Timothy Brown, that's in St. Louis. Uh, he was found dead at his Missouri home where cops tracked um, a suspect charged with killing his pregnant girlfriend and her young daughter on Christmas Day. An investigation into the double slaying led St. Louis County police detectives to a home Tuesday in Velda City where they believed 30-year-old Timothy Brown had holed up after being charged a day earlier with killing 28-year-old Sharice Garvin and her, two, her two-year-old baby, Alea. Um, so the Missouri man, he killed his ex-girlfriend, uh, and then killed her baby. And when the cops got to the home at around 4 p.m. and made contact with a woman there before being shot at by someone inside the home, believed to be Brown, um, the officers then they backed off while taking away the woman who was not immediately identified. Then officers tried to negotiate with him, the man inside, but hours of attempts over the phone and loudspeaker were unsuccessful. So a robot was later sent into the home to evaluate the safety of the residents and the male suspect inside was found dead from apparent gunshot wound to the head. People are losing their mind. You gotta, um, you know, I was saying, because I always do journals and stuff, and I was telling my niece, um, I said you should start writing a journal when you become depressed. And, uh, and it's, it's really therapeutic and I'm a writer I love to write always have and um, I've written one book that I had published uh, the inmates visitor it was a hand guide to help people whose loved ones are incarcerated in New York State in the tri-county area to help them um, make their visits easier and the inmates time uh, easier um, tell, you know explaining rules and regulations and things like that and Write. Get you a pad. Go to 99 Sister. Get you a pad. You might already have some papers, anything in the house already, plain paper. And write down your feelings, 
you got to let them out. Because everybody doesn't tell their feelings to people or express their feelings to people or, or everybody can't express themselves. So you'll find that it'll, it'll help you because you'll, you'll become, you feel weighted and it, it, you'll become lighter and lighter and lighter. You'll feel lighter. Now, one thing about the uh, stimulus, um, it does uh, make it easier to qualify for food stamps. So people who uh, need to file for food stamps uh, should do it. Um, I was trying to find some information because, first of all, food insecurity has become a widespread issue, Uh, especially, you know, now during the coronavirus. So... You know, when, when you when you need to eat, you know, you might do anything. Um, and for uh, older people, uh, you need to contact Meals on Wheels. It also changes to the eligibility requirements for SNAP that will help Americans in need to take advantage of the programs. Um, many college graduates are relying on unemployment now to pay the bills. Um, so a $600 check can barely buy food for a house of six if you got four kids and a mother and a father. Um, so, apply. Because food hardships have really increased significantly during COVID-19, especially for households headed by Black and Latino adults. Um, so, SNAP benefits, SNAP, can help provide the nutrition those households need. So, here's what you need to know. Thanks to the stimulus package, all SNAP recipients will receive a 15% boost in monthly benefits that will run from January 2021 to June 2021. That amounts to around $25 more per person per month. Okay, now a family of four will get an extra $100 a month. The $300 a week federal unemployment boost in the bill will also not count toward people's income when they apply for SNAP, making more jobless people able to qualify. So this will help to make sure that some struggling families won't lose food assistance because they're receiving modest unemployment benefits. All right, so um, look into that uh, because that will help out as well. Oh boy, I have faith that 2021 is going to be a year where we're going to, the earth is going to heal because the earth is in dire need of healing. Uh, You remember Dawn Wells? She played uh, Marianne on Gilligan Island. That's for you people of a certain age. Anyway, she died. Marianne, that was her name on Gilligan's Island. I couldn't believe it. She's 80. She was 82. Wow. Dawn Wells. I used to like Marianne because she was the one that dressed. Was she the one that dressed the cutest? Or was she the one that was the, um, she was like less, um, glamorous. I can't remember. I think Marianne might have been the less glamorous one because the name Marianne doesn't sound like it would be, you know, where she would be really classy, you know. Um, George Clooney was saying that he believed Trump would have been 
reelected if he had t- if he uh, would have if he had told people to wear masks. Trump was Trump didn't care about that. Trump had already had put the had put the uh, rig in for him to be elected. That's why he's so mad because he he's like, damn, I I, I cheated and the cheat was in and I still lost. He couldn't believe it. Trump had all these <laughs> he had all these states recounting and by the way it was black and brown my um hometown where I my birthplace Detroit uh in Michigan he wanted those votes counted over and over he couldn't believe it and what are you questioning black and brown votes uh, Georgia black and brown votes count again count again Chicago count again and he still lost the more they counted the more he lost he's so stupid Um, you know, I've been talking a long time, and I don't know how long I could get you guys uh, to listen to me. I'm long-winded. You know what I need? I need another person on the, my panel, on my podcast panel, so we can talk back and forth. And I can have, you know, a conversation with someone else. I mean, I, I love having the conversation with you guys, but, you know, but I don't hear you, you know, giving your opinion as well. You know, you don't have to agree. We just that's that's the beauty of two people having a conversation, you know, not agreeing. Uh without getting mad or loud or, or offended. Uh you know, Joe Clark passed away. Uh, another person couldn't make it through twenty twenty. So many people didn't make it through twenty twenty, actors and everything. Chaz Bowman. Um Oh, it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, uh, Joe Clark, you know, he's the famed principal. He was de- depicted by uh, Morgan Freeman in the 1980s movie Lean On Me. Well, he died at at, uh, ni- at 82 years old. He lives in uh, Gainesville, Florida, by the way. They moved from New Jersey. And um, I actually met his wife and his granddaughter. Um, I got her phone number. I got her address. I'm going to, as a matter of fact, I'm going to contact her. She's probably um, um, very, you know, upset, you know, but um, maybe I'll get to talk to a family member or someone who answers the phone just to let them know uh, that my prayers uh, and sympathy goes to them. Um, Joe Lewis Clark is his name. Uh, he's an uncompromising educator who made national headlines by roaming the halls of Patterson Eastside High School in New Jersey, where he was wielding a baseball bat. Uh, he died Tuesday at his home in Florida. Uh, he was surrounded by family after a long illness. Uh, before meeting with the Reagan administration, appearing on the cover of Time magazine and inspiring the 1989 biopic, biopic uh, Lean on Me. Morgan Freeman, as I said, uh, played him. Uh, Clark, he arrived at the troubled high school in 1982 and quickly cracked down on students and faculty. Over a six-year tenure as Eastside's principal, Clark was both lauded and criticized for his tough approach. After a year at Eastside, the bullhorn toting Clark had expelled 300 students for poor grades and spotty attendance, but he raised the expectations of the remaining students, continuously challenging them to perform better, and he did. Uh, His signature bat was not a threat, but a choice. 
a student could either strike out or hit a home run. That was the meaning behind that, uh, in case you guys didn't know. So in 1986, uh, Clark chained and he padlocked the school's door, saying he wanted to keep hoodlums and thugs out of the building. Fire officials had said that the practice threatened the safety of students and teachers and ordered the locks to be removed. Uh, His tough disciplinary methods were not reserved for students. Uh, One of the students, um, Von McElroy, who attended Eastside in the 80s, he remembers Clark calling teachers out in the hallway. He was an equal opportunity offender in that regard, McCoy said, who credits the administration uh, support with his later success at Rutgers Law School, his career as an attorney, and his recent service as Patterson's business administrator. Clark wrote the foreword to a book authored by uh, McCoy in 2013. He was a strong African-American male influence of which we did not have many, McCoy said. For me, he was an inspiration. As black Americans, we can differ about the impact Joe Clark had on us. Uh, Born in Rochelle, Georgia on May 8, 1938, Clark moved with his family to Newark when he was six. He attended William Patterson University, then William Patterson College, and later settled in South Orange, where he raised his family, and that's where he spent most of his life. We all going to make that transition, just somebody goes before the next person, but you're going to go before somebody else, too. Uh, we all are. Well, look, I think I kind of put you up on a lot of things, and... You know, I like talking to you, but I know that you got things you probably have to do. So, on that note, I'm going to say thank you so much for coming to the Amber Shows. And guess what? I'll be back tomorrow night on New Year's Eve. Yes! Look forward to it. Get you a glass of wine, a champagne, a joint, a beer, and join me. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for coming to the Amber Shows.